Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to All About Us with your host, Shavana Johnson. If you'd like to learn more about All About Us Production Media Group, please visit us on the web at www.wejfoundation.org. Shavana Johnson, CEO and founder of All About Us Global Media Productions Group, TV, radio, and magazine. CEO of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, Incorporated. We are a 501c3 organization on a mission to educate, engage, and mentor our parents and teens in communities on current issues surrounding our youth. Today, we are asking for your support to continue providing our informative programming through our various media platforms. To make a donation, visit the Whitney E. Johnson site at www.wejfoundation.org or you can reach us at 631-521-7699 for more information. And as a reminder, all donations given are tax deductible. On behalf of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, we thank you for listening and your support.
Welcome to All About Us Parents and Teens Talk. I am your host, Shavana Johnson. Tonight we have a very special show and a very special guest, Mr. Rob House, Worldwide Community Camp Fit. Um, Mr. House' goal is to equip each student with tools to be for a successful life and encourage spiritual, mental, and physical well-being. We want to take a moment to welcome Mr. Rob House. Am I saying your last name correct, House? Yes, ma'am. Well, it, I, I pronounce it House, like how's it going, but I'm in the house, so it all works out. <laughs> <laughs> I want to pronounce it correctly. Mr. Rob House, we want to thank you for taking uh, time out of your evening to come and spend some quality time with us to tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, before we get the show started, let everybody know who Mr. Rob How's doing? Uh, who you are? <laughs> you know, honestly, every time I answer this question, it's a it's a refinery process. Because every day is a new self discovery. You know, mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of things for for a while. But uh, was a pastor for ten years, 
personal trainer, studied neuroscience and psychology, a public speaker, mm-hmm. a couple of gospel albums. I mean, honestly, throughout, and per, did I say personal trainer? Throughout all the last 20 years, I built up these utilities really to put me in a position to be able to serve people holistically. So now I coach and mm-hmm. either personal or business development. And, and honestly, I just call myself an apartment artist. And my goal is to create one billion healthy, wealthy human doings. That, that, that's my tag because I needed something to, I, I needed some type of target to go after. After everything that I've done, so now what is the next season? Now the season is creating billions of healthy, wealthy human doings. And when I say healthy, wealthy, I mean healthy is the new wealthy. A lot of people get caught up in a lot of things that, that really don't don't have a significant long, longevity. But your mind, body, and spirit are the main three areas for your life. And being rich in those three areas, if you are, then I believe mm-hmm. you get rich. And I believe that's true health. That's true wealth. So my goal is to create that in people, help them find that. And that's what I've been doing in my entire life, but really accelerated over the last 12 months. Wow. Uh, you, you have a lot going on, as I see, as I was reading your bio and, you know, going to your website and the things that you have accomplished. You're going into the community. You go into the schools. You work with elementary, kindergarten, you know, kids in general. Now, childhood obesity is becoming a very serious issue. And as I was preparing to talk to you tonight, and I was thinking, you know, I'm a 60s child, I'm 53, um, and as I go back and I look back over the timeline and then I start to think and then we progress to where we are now, and I said, where really have we dropped the ball? Because, you know, back in the 60s or well, 65, I was born in 65 and 70s, you know, your parents would always say, you know, you would do your homework, and then they would say, well, go outside and play for a few minutes, you know, do some kind of activity. Um, now we need to fast forward because we have now, we have, the, as my uh, friend uh, Dr. Uh, Tate says, we're in a micro social media computer era where our kids now are spending so much time on the computer that they feel that that's exercise. So my question to you is, where did we really drop the ball as far as losing our children to childhood obesity? You know, real, real interesting. We, you know, over the years, you know, we evolved, and it's necessary that we evolve. A hundred years yes. ago, if you'd have said, if you'd have said a hundred years ago that we will be talking a hundred years from then to each other face to face through invisible sound waves, you know, they probably would have hung you because they thought you were a, were a witch because they just couldn't see mm-hmm. that kind of evolution. And so mm-hmm. we're 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 in what's called the information age. So it's lots of information, and so I, and so what's happening to us is we have lot of information in less time. So mm-hmm. less time because we're more occupied and we're being bogged down with information. And so that right there is the formula for less activity, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have to mm-hmm. be more conscious. In, in this day and mm-hmm. age, you can use technology now to serve you instead of ser- instead of being a slave to it. Instead of being drowned by the information, we, we have to be what I like to call self-reflection. You know, self-reflect on what what you're doing. 
self-reflection and course correction, those two things together allow you to take a look at what mm-hmm. you're doing, see what's working, and then change some coordinates if not. And so mm-hmm. the main thing for us, we just need to become more mindful. Now, thankfully, this is also combed and coined the mindfulness era. You know, I saw, I've seen the word mindfulness on the cover of Time magazine twice over the last 12 months. And that's just mm-hmm. showing you that, that the word mindful and the mindfulness era has become commercialized, which is good. So that means that the masses are not going to get an opportunity to be mindful. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's, it's a couple things happening. One, we have been drowned by information. We have fallen off. We were looking at the statistics, obesity, hypertension, heart disease. Yes, they all were going in the wrong direction, but we're coming at a, we're, we're at a curve now. We're, we're, mm. The statistics are changing because more people are becoming aware, and mm-hmm. we have this thing called the, the Internet, where what Dr. King did, what he did, he, he will be so excited right now. What he did in that short period of time, what took him five years, we can do it in five days if we do it responsibly mm-hmm. because it's really mm-hmm. about just connecting with people. So I say all that to say we have the power in our hands, literally, and in our pockets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that is that is true. We have the power to to change, to engage. And I like to what is um because you're the executive director of worldwide community, what are some of the things that your organization is doing to take hold of this mindful social media uh wave? Like, are you interactive with some of the youth through social media? I mean, what are some of the steps that you're doing to um, become more effective and more active on social media? So in, in regards to teaching kids um, the responsible way to handle social media, is it, what, what's the um, – give, give, give me the, the question one more time. What I'm saying is as far as activity, I should say it, say it like this. Let me put it in because we're talking about activity. I don't want to go off yet, but activity, are you doing things on social media to engage young people on social media as far as exercise? Are you providing uh, classes on social media? Um, are you targeting certain um, kids on social media, you know, to drive them to your site to do certain activities, maybe exercise or something that they can do while they're sitting at the computer, I should say, to, to be more active. Let me say it that way. Oh, that's good. That's good. So <laughs> most, most of the – that's actually fantastic. Most of the social media engagement that has been done so far would have been with the parents or, or it's attracting the young people to the camp jurisdictionally, to our summer camp oh. during the summer. Yep. Okay. Now we 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 do some online programming. We have a forty days of wellness program, where it's forty days in, not of no sugar, and families do that together. So we do have kids and their families, mom or dad, and they take a forty days no sugar detox together, and it's tracked, and they have quantifiable results and tracking their progress. So we we do that as well, you know. So from from, from those two components, you know, the answer is yes. Oh, okay. The, the forty day detox. That, is that mm-hmm. what you said? 40, yes, ma'am. 40, 40 <laughs> days, no sugar detox, and it is no joke. <laughs> I I, got, I can gather from that no sugar, no soda, uh-huh. no candy, 
candy, no cake, no cookies. The holidays are coming. Uh, mm. That in itself is going to be a challenge because, you know, I think about it because we are a visual social media uh, commodity right now, as you said, the micro center, a mindful center. And everything that we see on social media is, you know, every other feed is dealing with food. If it's, you know, mm-hmm. the holidays are coming, they got cakes, they got cookies. Grandma's cooking. She's cooking the turkey. She's cooking the ham, the macaroni and cheese, the, the stuffing. You know, it's all out there on social media. And, you know, and I think when I think of the young people in obesity, um, everything they see is visual. And everything, you know, McDonald's. It used to be when we were growing up, you know, Grandma, I want to go to McDonald's. Look, they got the M sign. My grandmother would always go to the store, get a hamburger, and she'll go home and say, this is the make home McDonald's. <laughs> you know, so, you know, we've become so microwave with everything now that everything is, um, we have to be, everything is catered. Uh, we don't eat at home anymore. We're always eating out. It's fast food, and uh, we have to go to the diner or, or eat in. We have it delivered, you know. And I used to think about, you know, my grandmother would always say family. It's family time. She would always cook a meal. We were at the table together. We always were together, and she always had everything balanced out. Now when you go out, it's like, you know, you have your dessert, you get dessert. You get four for five, four for 25, you get dessert, and it all, you know, comes together somewhat. But, yeah. you know, now how do we, how do we get young kids? How, how what, are, what are you doing to encourage them to choose valuable fruits and vegetables and things of that nature, knowing that because of the microwave society that they have to see the visuals, what I should say, what are some of their biggest challenges or hurdles that you're finding that is hard for them to overcome? Uh, lack of options is the biggest hurdle, having a lack of options. If you have ten choices and nine of them are all sugary, then mm-hmm. one, is, one that's healthy, you're definitely not going to go over there. But once you <laughs> become aware, see, what, we, mm-hmm. what we do is heighten the awareness. You know, it's like it's just like in, in marketing, there's a three-step pro- process for somebody mm-hmm. buying something every time. It's three. One mm-hmm. is awareness. Two is um, pique their interest. And the third is they take action. They won't take action if they don't, they're not aware of it. They won't be interested if they're not aware of it. But once they're aware of it, then you have to pique their interest. And once you pique their interest, then they take action. It's the same thing with any process. Folks have to become aware first. And so what we do is we – we expose them to different smoothies and healthy meals, and we didn't, they're eating spaghetti, and they, they didn't they didn't know it was spaghetti squash. You know, we we mix it mm-hmm. up, and then so on that side of it, by disguising and giving them some great expo- exposure to new things. But then on the other side, especially for our athletes, you know, we um we have to identify their goal. You know, mm-hmm. identify what their mm-hmm. goal is, and where they see themselves and how they want to perform. And once a person begins to visualize that, once they begin mm-hmm. to visualize that, there's certain chemicals that are releasing in our body, serotonin, dopamine, all those that reinforce those neurotransmitters, they start firing off. And you remember how mm-hmm. you felt. Oh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I do want to 
make the team. I, I do want to excel in tennis, so I do want to be an amazing artist. I, you know, I, and I know that I'll be able to do my best within a healthy body. So that doesn't mean you have to eat leaves off trees, and that doesn't mean that you can never have a piece of cake. It just means that mm-hmm. you, you are now you're now aware that things need to be done, modified, moderation, and you need to be aware of what you put in your mouth. And that it, it's difficult at first because anything new is difficult. Well, we are we're yeah. creatures of habit. We do ninety mm-hmm. percent of the same thing every day. Ninety percent. Ninety percent of what you do is you do every single day, and you don't even know you're doing it. That's what's interesting. Ninety percent mm-hmm. is subconscious and habitual. So in order for us, when we when we make any kind of changes, it's uncomfortable. But we're making mm-hmm. a conscious change because we know we're making our conscious change is made deliberate because we have a con- a conscious plan. So that's how the mm-hmm. two things go together. So they have a plan. And now they have now they've been exposed to things that can help them get there that they, ne- they never saw before. So that's kind of our formula. Oh wow, wow! You know now that I'm being more conscious of what I do because, like I said, I'm 53. I'm older. There's some things that I I need to change. And the one thing that I have been talking about here on my show is we've been talking with many different professionals, psychologists especially about children who have ADHD, um, learning uh, disabilities, and other, you know, disabilities that are affecting African-American children. And the one thing that I have learned is that we have to be very mindful of the ingredients. When we pick up a product, we need to know what each ingredient is. In high fructose corn syrup, I've had this argument, and I and I talk to people all the time. High to, high fructose corn syrup is not good for you. It causes many different things: diabetes, high blood pressure. It it inadvertently. Am I saying it? Am I saying this correctly? Inadvertently, it 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 reacts. It causes, you know, hypertension, um, hyperactivity, and different things in our children. And we have to be mindful. We need to be more mindful of what we are allowing our children to eat. You know, I notice, you know, the kids when I'm mentoring at school, they don't want uh, a natural natural snack or, like, you know, something with non-sugar. It has to be something with Doritos, I mean, potato chips, things of that nature. And, you know, but to introduce them to something um, healthier for them, to to impact their mind, body, and spirit because we need to be mindful of what we're eating because it feeds our soul. And, you know, I as you, I try to explain to them what we eat, it not only nurtures our mind, our body, but it feeds our soul purpose in life. And, you know, that's one of the challenges that I'm finding with um, a lot of the parents that I work with, especially the population, which is Hispanic, um, minority, African-American, in uh, other poverty levels that, you know, I'm, you know, working with with children. So now we're trying to really get them to read the labels and understand you can't eat healthy on a budget. You just yep. have to be mindful yep. of what you're putting in your body. Absolutely, absolutely. 
and that is some of the, I don't know if that's some of the challenges that you're facing with a lot of the young people as far as, you know, well, when I go home, I can't eat healthy. I, you know, we don't have the money. We don't have the budget. But we have to be mindful. Um, you know, are you teaching the, the parents and the students do you have, should I say it like this, do you have symposiums where you are teaching parents and students how to, be, how to eat on a budget, how to prepare what you're preparing, preparing for them? Are you teaching them how to do that? Absolutely. Through work, workshops and also or newsletters with um, practical action steps that people can take so that the things that are being learned can be implemented. Absolutely, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the most important, and getting the families to work together. Because the ones that work together are, are the ones that last the longest and sustain success the longest. Because you know, obviously, the, you know, when a family's working together, the, the bond is that much stronger. But when the, a, a family's kind of divided on how they're eating, if a family's divided on anything, on anything for that matter, it's never going to be mm-hmm. 100% accurate. But if, if dad's still bringing in, you know, cupcakes and you know, fried food, and mm-hmm. mom's trying to mom's trying to change a little bit, and 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 the child is going all in, I mean, that's just going to be, you know, it's going to be what it is. You know, you kind of rolling the dice with it. But if everyone's on the same page, and if, and, and not saying everyone, you know, hits a home run every day, you, you strike out. That's life too. But if you're on the same mm-hmm. page, if we all have the same goal, then the possibility of us getting to that end goal. It's higher, and so mm-hmm. I'm, I wasn't good. I wasn't good in math in school, but I'm I'm great in math when it comes to equations for life. And if you add up a family working together, mathematically says the higher percentage of them being successful, or whatever they do, is is going to be in their favor. So you know, and that and that's one of the that's one of the the, the biggest things that we encourage you know, is that is that interaction, like when a when the children go home with their recipes, um, they cook with the family, and some of them film it, you know, and they so you get to memorialize it. You know, they have that, and mm-hmm. some of them, it's amazing. Some kids have never even eaten uh, like some yeah. vegetables. It's, um, it's actually mm-hmm. fascinating, like yeah. beans and tomatoes. Like I really haven't eaten it. Spaghetti squash, which which is you know a little unfamiliar. But you know, it's um just getting that opportunity to to be exposed to something new, and then like I said, uh, taking it home and 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 everybody getting involved. Now I see you have Camp Fit, and congratulations, you are now on Direct TV. Well, yes, actually, we, we this is our we're we're going on our eighth year now. Yeah, eighth year on on Direct TV. In our fifth year on Comcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yep. Now tell us a little bit about that program, uh, what you're doing on TV. So so Camp Fit is, is, is basically um, what we've been talking about. It's a program, but we, we turned it into a reality show. We filmed it. You know, we um, mm-hmm. it's eight weeks, so it's eight seasons, eight seasons per, eight episodes per season. And mm-hmm. um, simply going over the summer. The activities with the kids, uh, the field trips, the mentors, the coaches, the activities, some of the some of the ups and downs. Uh, it's we we really tried to capture as much as we could of the experience of Camp Fit, and so mm-hmm. you know 
a lot of reality shows. People getting kicked off, and you're and you're looking to watch it for the drama. Yeah, <laughs> this is slightly different. This is a reality show, really about kids having a good time, but at the same time, learning some valuable principles that can be applied at any age. That's true. That's true. That mm-hmm. is true. Yep. yep. Now, being that you do work with, uh, what ages do you work with now, Rob? What are your age ranges that you currently mostly work work with right now? Middle school and high school. Now, I'm going to ask you because um, I, I don't know if you're finding this, especially with a lot of young people, but I'm finding that their mental stability um, is very high right now. A lot of them feel faithless, useless, careless. Everything with them is less. Um, and I'm finding that, uh, you know, they're struggling with um, – their emotions, um, they're struggling with family, they're struggling with home, school, they're struggling. What are some of the things that you are finding that you your challenges are with the young people today? Yeah, there is definitely uh, attention. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily call it, categorize them as ADD or ADHD. I think that's something mm-hmm. that's been um, kind of pushed heavily for some other purposes, yeah. pharmaceutically, yeah. but you know mm-hmm. what has happened is we've got more information. That's what has happened, as I said earlier. We've, I mean, if, if you think about it, like we get more information, we get more information in two days, like on mm-hmm. Earth, more more information is circulated in two days than all the information from the dawn of man until 2003. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating thing to think about. Meaning, like, as much information as we got from the beginning of time until 2003, we get that much in two days. That's how fast mm-hmm. it's coming. So we're wondering why people mm-hmm. can't concentrate. Look at us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at our attention spans. We've now tied the butterfly for our attention span of three seconds. I think the butterfly is beating us, you know? Wow. Uh, about 30 years ago, our attention span was actually five minutes. I said, that's phenomenal. But you think about it. If someone came to you, they weren't buzzing in your pocket. It wasn't nothing on. The, it wasn't in the computer screen to have your attention. Maybe the mailman came and knocked on the door. You know that's yeah. We that's what breaking the attention. If you wanted to change the channel, you got up and you walked over. So it was like <laughs> much slower pace. So for them, they're just way down. So what we do again, we help folks find their goal because because it's it's, it's going to be noisy. It's going to be a lot going on. But what are you mm-hmm. focusing on? You know, and once you find out what your target is, what is that thing that you're going after? What 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 makes you happy? What are you trying to achieve? Keep your mindset on that. Because that's your GPS. And as long as you have that visual, then it's a lot easier when things aren't going in the right direction to kind of keep pushing through. But when you don't have anything to look at, it's very difficult to keep pushing. The the other thing um, with our young people is, you know, there's pros and cons to social media. Mm-hmm. You know, you, the mm-hmm. the pro the pros are you can go to social media to get a couple likes and get some comments, and now here comes the serotonin and dopamine in your brain, and you feel good. Those are the mm-hmm. pros, but the cons the cons are the exact same. 
the comments are. You can go to social media and get your likes and comments and feel good. So now you get addicted to that. And our and the youth of today are very much addicted to getting their satisfaction, getting their love, feeling secure by how many likes or comments that they get. So you mm-hmm. know, the challenges that we we deal with. So we well, we're aware of that. You know, we we had our challenges coming up. There were challenges before us. So we we don't make it a huge deal like you know it's something that cannot be handled, but we do make make sure that folks are aware of it, and most importantly, they have a goal. That is true. Goal, purpose, understanding yep. their purpose, and so that they were born with gifts and talents, and um, it is challenging. <laughs> I must say, to the least, that. Some of the things that our young people are finding, this generation, I feel, entitled. They feel that they're entitled to a lot of different things. They're entitled. They don't, I don't even think they know, they don't even know what a chore is. They don't know clean your room. They don't know do the dishes. You know, before, when we got home from school, we did our homework. We had to do the dishes. We had to make sure our room was set up or get our clothes ready for tomorrow because, you know, mom didn't want to hear that. She wanted to see, her, see your homework when she got home from work so we could sit down and have quality time. Now the challenge I'm seeing is like, you know, well, do you do chores at home? And the kids look at me like, what's a chore? What's that word? I mean, you know, well, you got a yeah. cell phone. You know, you you got $500 pair of sneakers, and what did you do to get those sneakers? What did you do to earn them? But I feel that this generation feels that, I feel that their sense of entitlement is just off the chart, you know. And, it you know, when you read, when you go through your news feed and you see a young boy killed his grandmother because she asked him to pick up his room, that happened last week. I was kind of perplexed at the length that these young people are going to because they feel the sense of entitlement. And then you have the other young man, his father was a football player, and he wanted the sneakers. And his father told him no, and he killed his both of his parents because they wouldn't give him the sneakers. And, you know, when you read stories like that, that's horrific, that's horrifying. But I think sometimes we have to go back to the old school. We, have to, we can't be our children's friend. We have to be their parents. I don't mm-hmm. even hear the moral anymore, you know, the moral standards. You don't even hear value anymore. You don't hear that. And, you know, and, and then when I go through my news feed, I'm seeing kids fighting, and they're filming it, and it's like they're laughing. And it's just unbelievable what I see in the news feed, but it equates into our communities as far as, you know, what are we building? What community are we really building that we see this in our news feeds? And I just feel so challenged. I'm sorry. I know I'm going kind of off the rail. It's just it's so much involved with what we're talking about that it it's really saddens me because, of the popcorn microwave we live in and social media and everything is happening so quickly, um, just a snap of a button, you can film somebody, you and I talking or, you know, something on the street, you know. 
um, you have to be very conscientious. You know, we used to be mindful of how we behaved. Now it's it's like I don't I'm I'm at a loss, Mr. Rob. I'm I'm really I'm perplexed really by it, and it's very disturbing to me. Yeah, you know you, I, and I, and I wish I'm with you. You know, I, and I, I share I share that feeling. You know, the the beautiful thing is that we we have change. It's here. You know, and it's yeah. not here you know, at a slow pace. It's here at a rapid pace. There's there's people everywhere. Um, that in this season of my life, I've really dedicated myself to connecting with like-minded individuals and building platforms to allow us to accelerate the work we do. You know, we have the, God. God has given us the internet, and I believe oh, yes. that the pace mm-hmm. at which how we change the world, how we accelerate, we accelerate change. Uh, and the, and this is what I'm excited about: connecting with people like yourself. Um, specialists, you know, I don't know what I don't know, but I know folks who know what I don't know. And I know that if I connect us and we get connected and interconnected, that force that we have, I mean, the, the oh, Lord said we're, we're two or more are gathered. So just imagine when it's a whole community across the globe. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm a kingdom builder. No doubt about that. Kingdom mindset. I'm a kingdom builder because I believe each child, and we cannot leave our children behind. And I think that's where a lot of our kids are on the fence because they don't know the word love. They don't know the word um, I love you. They don't know the word that I care about you. They don't know the word that you're special because a lot of these kids have been told you're nothing. You're going to amount to nothing. And Mm -hmm. a lot of feel challenged, and a lot of them come, like I said, from impoverished homes, and, you know, the, the mom or dad, they're both working three different jobs just to make ends meet, and right. it's, it's really a challenge for them. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, we, we came from somewhat of that era, but at the same time, we had a parent home or our grandparents, or we had the extended community. Um, they always looked out for us, you know. Uh, well, Rob was outside with a bunch of boys that were doing nothing on the corner, and you know, when Mom got home, Rob, you was in the house. Uh, you know, when that light came on, six o'clock, you know, you better keep <laughs> that light before that light yeah. came on. Now uh, it's different, totally different. I live in New York, and it's really, it's really frightening to see where our young people are headed in uh, the things that they can get involved in, not only human sex trafficking, for for they're kidnapping our boys and young boys and young girls. Um, we have drug trafficking. We have other things that kids can get, are, you know, being drawn into or forced into. And this is really, it's really uh, disheartening to me of what I'm seeing, and we really need to, as a community body of Christ, is to really go out and minister and pray with our young people and and talk to them and listen. Most of the time, young people just want us to listen. They yep. want to yep. hear so that, you know, we can listen and see what they're going through. They can't talk to their parents about certain things. And, you know, that's it, it really – I'm sorry, this is just a conversation that – you know, I I love to have because um, we have got to come together for our community, for the body of Christ, the community as a whole, to equip them because we all have talents that are needed to be connected to each other to help grow, to make sure that no child 
does not leave this earth without understanding or fulfilling their purpose. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I and I truly believe that. And I always say, you know, when you come to a crossroad in life, there's always that person that was supposed to be there for you. If that person wasn't there, then there's always someone else that comes along to encourage you to yeah. to do right or encourage you, you know, you, that's not right, Rob. Um, you know, I wouldn't hang out with them those young men. Um, you know, but back then you you always had somebody that would pull you in. We had the church as a whole, as a community. Are you finding that um, within the areas that you work, the churches are welcoming you in to invite you in to um, bring your programs to um, enlighten our young people? For, for the most part, you know, for the, for the most part, some churches operate from, um, I'm not sure how we want to categorize this, but they have their their, their standards and structure and their formalities, we'll call them. Mm-hmm. And so but for, the, but for the most part, you know, they're they're open and the community is, is, is open to receiving that because they, they realize how important it is to, to reach our reach our youth and then they're not gonna get it from, you know, the public school system or the educational system. They're not gonna get the tools they need for emotional intelligence. I mean I'm sure emotional intelligence that will be part of the new school the new school, which I'll be a part of leading, that new school is gonna definitely be part of the of your daily requirements, your weekly requirements. So then it helps you get skillful in that emotional intelligence area. Raising your your empathy, but for right now that's not there. So it's it's important. It's imperative that nonprofits and the churches they pick up that area, educating. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. What is what has been your greatest? What has been your greatest accomplishment? in your organization, what has been your greatest accomplishment so far? Very interesting. You know, every 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 story is so significant. From um, kids losing, young man lost, you know, sixty pounds, sixty pounds oh, wow. over the summer, forty pounds. Wow. The first orientation with the parents, young young child, the child is uh, contemplated suicide, and after experiencing after you know summer camp and meeting new people and being exposed to other things, not only did they uh, overcome that, but they also mm-hmm. became mentors of other kids. You know, so things like that. What watching. Get planted and the fruit grow. It's the greatest thing you can ever do. Because a lot of times you plant the seeds, you know, like Dr. King, you didn't get to see all his fruit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you see your fruit. The fruit is just amazing. Um, it just encourages you, encourages you to keep planting. So I just, I just encourage people just to keep planting. 
That is true. That is true. And suicide is becoming uh, the number one killer of our African-American children. Through bullying, through stress, through other things um, that our young people feel the need to kill themselves. And that is something that's a whole other topic um, when they're feeling left out, when they're feeling lonely, they're feeling challenged, they're feeling they, they can't make friends. Um, a, a lot of our young people are are, are really challenged in, today, and suicide is becoming very prevalent, and that is the sad part to um, all of this. And um, you overcome suicide, then you are met with a purpose to God, you know, has you here for a reason. And for them to find the help outside of, you know, you feeding them, nourishing their soul and encouraging them to find that stability of a therapist um, to encourage them to get better um, with a positive influence as well. So I know, you know, firsthand what you're dealing with as far as especially young people in suicide. Yes, So is, do you have a book that you're working on or any other projects that you have coming up? So I, I do have a book on Ken, a book called uh, Purpose Search, and I, I wrote this book. Um, this has a, a GPS coordinate to help somebody find their purpose. And even if you found your purpose, help you be sharpening it. There's four keys, uh, four keys to unlocking that. And that's your gifts, your talents, your resources, and your passion. The gifts are the things you're born with. Things It's innate. You have it, and you have to find out what that is. Talents are they're very similar to gifts, but they're things that you've gotten better at because of repetition and practice. You've gotten experience. And then you, your, your resources are everything that's around to support you, from the Internet to institutions to people. Identifying those. So you've got your gifts, your talents, your resources, and your last is your passion. What gets you up early? You know, keeps you up late. What would you do if you didn't even get paid for it? You know, and then we find out how you can get paid for it. But what is that thing? What? And then those mm-hmm. four things together, focusing on those on, the, on those four things, it helps to align uh, align a couple of things. So that that that's the book I wrote that uh, four or five five years ago. Um, the main thing I'm working on now is is the experts on stage. So that's the program where we're bringing thought leaders together, authors, coaches, trainers, podcasters, and then putting them on our internet television network, connecting them to each other like an international chamber of commerce, and then mm-hmm. also providing some educational resources. We have our, 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 own, our own online learning center similar to Udemy and Teachable so they can mm-hmm. shorten their learning and accelerate in the areas that they need to as well. It's a total, total ecosystem um, just to help accelerate what we've been talking about. Okay. Now, where can they find your book, Rob? Where can they go to get your book? Amazon.com. If you type in name on Amazon.com, it'll come up. If you type in purpose search, I'll come up. Yep. Purpose search. Before we close out, would love for you to uh, leave us with a, a word of inspiration. Tell everybody your social media sites, 
where they can find you, how they can contact you, how they can follow you, um, so that, you know, we can uh, follow you as well. And, and, you know, we welcome you back to come back and let us know what you're doing. If there's something we can partner with, we're willing, willing to do that. We are the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation as well. We're a 501c3. Um, so, you know, if you could leave us with a word and give us your social media sites, I, I look forward to continuing the conversation with you as well. Absolutely. Thank you. And so my, my website is Rob. RobHowSpeaks.com, com. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm very active on, on LinkedIn for all entrepreneurs and business owners or, or even anything business or personal development related. Just come over come over to LinkedIn because that is the platform we need to be on anyway. That community is, is, is building tremendously. It's great engagement, and I met, some, I met you there, you know, so uh, it's, a, it's a great place. Um, yeah. And, and, in regards to the inspiration, you know, my uh, the, the quote for me is, the future is what you do today. Mm-hmm. And so do something today that's going to impact your tomorrow. And mm-hmm. it's, I think it's super important that we realize that the future is what you do today. And so a lot of times we're, we're anxious because we're uncertain about the future. We don't know what's going to happen. And it makes us feel anxiety, uncomfortable. And debil- it, it debilitates us, and then we walk right into that future that we just nightmare about. Instead, mm-hmm. if the future is what you do today, then just focus on today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. Be present where you're present because that's the real gift. And if you do that, if you work on being present where you're present, just practice that in itself will make you 1% more mindful. And let me tell you the power of 1%. 451 degrees makes fire. 450 degrees does not. Ooh. One degree. Wow. Take one degree change, and your life will be on fire. That's it. Powerful. Powerful. I love that. I, I love that. I love that. Um, Rob, we want to thank you for coming to All About Us Parents and Teens Talk. And, again, we welcome you to come back. And, you know, let us know. Uh, what you have going on so that we can share it with our listeners as well. Um, And I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation with you. Um, And if there's anything that we can do to help, please feel free to reach out to me at any time. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure being on your show. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure having you. And we look look forward to hearing back from you. And have a great night, and thank you for coming to speak with us. Thank you. Good night. Good night. I want to thank all my listeners for listening. That was Mr. Rob House. You can find him at Rob, R-O-B, um, House, H-O-W-Z-E, Speaks.com. Um, a very exciting evening to speak with him and see what he's doing with his community. Uh, he is the founder and executive director of Worldwide Community Can't Fit. Um, encouraging spiritual, mental, and physical well-being for our young people, equipping students with the tools to be successful in life. As I leave, I always leave you with Phyllis Hyman. Remember who you are. I look forward to speaking with you next Monday. Um, We have a very special guest, so please tune in. Um, Please tune in on Thursdays with uh, Craig Palmer, 
employee magazine, and on Sundays we have the one and only truly lovely lady, Miss Antoinette Blake, Social Media Sundays with the Delaware Blogger. She's on at 6 p.m. I will leave you with Remember Who You Are by Phyllis Hyman.
everyone. I am Shavana Johnson, CEO and founder of All About Us Global Media Productions Group, TV, radio, and magazine. CEO of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, Incorporated. We are a 501c3 organization on a mission to educate, engage, and mentor our parents and teens in communities on current issues surrounding our youth. Today, we are asking for your support to continue providing our informative programming through our various media platforms. To make a donation, visit the Whitney E. Johnson site at www.wejfoundation.org or you can reach us at 631-521-7699 for more information. And as a reminder, all donations given are tax deductible. On behalf of the Whitney E. Johnson Foundation, we thank you for listening and your support.